Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday, and yes, it was budget day. Uh, perhaps the most interest there's been in a budget for some considerable years. Um, not necessarily for all the right reasons, of course, but uh, here's uh, the man uh, what put it all together. Grant. Okay, let's start with the big budget. Spends $1.9 billion for mental health. Now, a lot of that is going to be a frontline service. What does that look like? Well, what that means is that if you're at the early stages of, of mental um, unwellness, you know, perhaps there's some depression issues, you can go to your GP surgery or if you're a student to your student health clinic and know that there'll be someone trained, expert, who's there right away to deal with you. Now, it's going to take a few years to roll out because we haven't trained the staff to do that, but we know the evidence tells us this is how we can get on top of that mental health crisis. And every single one of us, Heather, knows either through ourselves or a friend or a family member the, you know, the toll that mental unwellness or addiction can take. This is about delivering the services right at the front line, right at the beginning, so that we can get on top of it. Uh, $1 billion for Kiwi Rail. Does that mean that we're going to be seeing um, some new train investment up in Northland? Uh, that is a possibility. The $1 billion includes $300 million from the Provincial Growth Fund for regional rail. Final decision hasn't been taken on that Northland line. But, you know, rail's a really good example of where, you know, 10 years of underinvestment, you know, we've got we've got engines and carriages in the South Island that are 40, 50 years old. This is the investment that's going to turn that around. And rail investment's good on so many levels. You know, it lowers our greenhouse gas emissions. It gets those trucks off the road. It improves our productivity. It connects the regions to our cities. So this is a really important investment. It's only the beginning, I have to say, because there's an awful lot to do there. But over two years, we think we'll make a real difference in rail. Yep, if you're a train enthusiast, uh, this budget uh, is the one for you. Um, of course, it wasn't just the numbers that were the issue with this budget, was it? There's a lot of other stuff hanging around the edges. He hasn't apologised at all. In fact, he's tried to take the moral high ground and say, well, there were exhaustive, sustained attempts to gain unauthorised access to embargoed, embargoed data. Why don't you look after it properly? Why don't you protect the material if you think it's so important? He hasn't apologised. He implied when he was talking to Mike Hosking yesterday that, you know, there'd been a really deliberate, sustained criminal attempt on the website. It wasn't. It was a Google search. Come on. So should heads roll? Is this a sackable offence for... And certainly there were when we were discussing this yesterday, there were two clear camps, weren't they? Labour was saying, look, this is absolutely criminal. How dare National use basically stolen property for their own political ends when a clear and egregious criminal act has been committed? And Mark Mitchell saying to Mike Hosking, look, I can assure you there is nothing criminal about what has been done. And he was quite right. So there were two clear camps with very clear ideas about how how this material came to be released, and it turns out the Nats were right. And the government was wrong. An apology at the very least, absolutely. Should heads roll? Gabriel McClough should, but he's gone anyway. Got to keep Grant Robinson there. He's the only one with any common sense, for heaven's sake. Yeah, trouble is, 
Um, he didn't show much in this particular case, perhaps. Very confusing situation. Uh, it's all, all over with now. It doesn't really matter anymore, does it? I guess they'll try and get it right next year. Um, are they all just a bit troubled down there? Do they need some mental health care? What we got yesterday, though, was the long-awaited response to the mental health report. Remember that? The inquiry was announced in January last year. The report given to the government back in November, and they were going to respond by March. So here we are, finally at the end of May, with the response. Of the 40 recommendations put forward, as we know, the government's going to look at 38. So what did they reject outright? Well, the suicide reduction target and setting up a separate agency to oversee social well-being. They rejected that because, well, well-being's their catchphrase and something they already see themselves as doing and no need to dedicate a separate agency to it. And the suicide reduction target was dismissed because they felt uncomfortable putting a number on it. One death by suicide is too many, the PM said. They're also drafting a suicide prevention strategy on the understanding that there are no quick fixes. But what this government is confident of is its approach to mental health. The Prime Minister says, said all the right words, as she so often does, but without any action, the words won't mean much. So the proof's in the pudding. How soon will publicly funded mental health services see a boost? How soon will the National Suicide Prevention Strategy be completed? Will a mental health commission actually be independent and actually make strides in the right direction? How soon until we see all the promised new staff and facilities and services? The government says it'll take years to transform the mental health sector, not being too precise on the number of years perhaps as a result of being scarred by KiwiBuild's disastrous target setting, but at least it's doing something. However, for those desperate to access mental health services, for those caught in the gaps of terrible or no services, for those I hear from regularly who say the system is broken, for those who feel overlooked, misunderstood or just plain neglected by the system, it's them we need to get it right for. Too many people have spent too long begging for change, suffering inside a flawed, underfunded system. If there's no tangible improvement in outcomes for them, then what have we done other than shuffle more paper and waste more time? After all these months of talking, meeting, writing responses and waiting for action, this better be where things finally get real. The Prime Minister said yesterday, we must do better. Let's hope they can. Now, is it ableist of me to suggest that uh, Kate seems to be very concerned about uh, mental health issues, and I do wonder if she's just surrounded by crazy people in her life. That is a bit able. I take it all back. I count myself among the numbers of crazy people, though. Um, of course, uh, one of the other peripheral things around, even once it was out, we still had some other nonsense around this budget. That the woman, woman from the cover. Well, I'll let. Andrew, explain. Um, I just got a text saying, just heard that a woman and child that are on the front cover of the budget have now moved to Australia in hope of a better life. And I thought, what a great joke that is. That'd be hilarious. And so then I've just gone and uh, checked the breaking news. And there it is. Just after one o'clock, it was announced that the woman on the cover of the government's well-being budget says she had to give up New Zealand because she couldn't afford to live here. And she has moved to Australia. You can't write this stuff. You can't write this stuff, can you? <laughs> Grant Robertson must be sitting there going, what the hell have I done? Why am I getting all this happening to me? <laughs> so Vicky Freeman is her name. She got the shock of her life when a friend messenger messaged her two days ago and said, there's a guy holding your photo up on the news. You're all over the news. And Vicky Freeman said, what? What have I done? I'm not even there. I'm in Australia. 
And she said, yeah, no, it's you and baby Ruby Jean. And Vicky Freeman is, I, I don't think so. I've never done an ad for the budget. And then she sent, was sent a photo of the guy holding the magazine. And I was like to go, oh, my goodness me. That is me and Ruby Jean. The guy, of course, holding up uh, the picture of Vicky Freeman and Ruby Jean was Finance Minister Grant Robertson posing with copies of the budget. The image on the budget cover was a stock photograph purchased by Treasury. Uh, and of course, they didn't check. This is this is you know this is pretty legal, I guess, kind of Eminem esque. <laughs> um, and um, yes, not great, is it? Anyway, I thought you might be uh, entertained by that because I sure as hell am. Apparently, she has been. Uh, she has had her photographs in stock agencies. They've. Uh, she's worked on Shortland Street and all that sort of thing. But she gave up on New Zealand. Uh, she's a single mum. The whole place is far too expensive, and uh, so uh, she went to Australia. She says she's not political at all, and if she had to choose, she'd vote for the Greens. Um, yeah, hard to know whether it matters if the where the person on the front cover of this is. I wonder. Why didn't Grant put his own face? His adorable chubby cheeks on the cover. And we know where he stands. Anyway, what did Marcus think of all this? And there's been all this fuss about the woman that's the co- on the cover of the budget. Well, she moved to Auckland to work as an actor and got jobs on a Harvey Norman commercial and an issue of John Owen Ben. Well, that wasn't going to be sustainable. I mean, even if you've got a guest role in Marlon Bay, you're still not going to make a living out of an actor. Sheep is, I think, probably for her. A lot of fuss has been made about this woman. And it was a silly mistake, but jeepers creepers. She had unrealistic expectations of her ability as an actor. If the only jobs you can get are on a Harvey Norman commercial, and I think her daughter got a role on Jono and Ben, that's not a career. That, at the best, is a sideline to a portfolio career. So, yes, must, much mischief has been made about that today. In the mean-spirited world of politics, but there we go. Because they, of course, next time it'll just be words. Or a cartoon. They won't be making that same mistake again. Yeah, but then we'll find out that the cartoonist is Australian or that the font... Uh, it was created in Italy. Yeah, there'll, there'll be some kind of problem. Um, uh, weird that she's described as an actor, this woman, isn't it? Um, is being on the cover of something acting? Or are you just standing there having your photo taken? That's sort of more like modelling, isn't it? I don't know how these things work. I've never been on the cover of anything. Um, I think the idea of putting people on the cover of things is because you want people to like them, not what would happen if I was on the cover, which would be... Basically, people shielding their eyes and turning away in horror. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, thank you for not uh, shying away in horror from this podcast. Uh, please come back and not do that again on Monday uh, with the weekend version. See you then.